So we're in the middle of the Mekaymes, so the, the first din in the Mishnah was that, that when a person sees a place that a nays happened to all of Klal Yisrael, he makes a special bracha. We talked about a bracha for a, a nays of a yachid. We talked about that last time. But now we're up to the place where a nays happened to all of Klal Yisrael. The Gemara says actually a limited list. So there's the crossing of the Yamsev, it's a Pasik. There's the crossing of the Yardin, it's a Pasik. We then had the story which we ended last time of the um, of the uh, the river that we saw the blood of the Emirian that flowed into the river. That was the that was the nace of Nahal Arnon, which we'll have in the parsha in a week or two. Now we're up to the next nace. The fourth nace. If you see this place, you make a bracha. Avne el Gabish. What is el Gabish? So, the word el Gabish doesn't mean anything. It's not a word. What it is, is, is a conjunction. It's three words put together. And that's a conjunction. That's a conjunction. Yeah, multiple words, yes. You should know. What, it's the kind of thing, once he hears it, he like, make sure to use it the next day three times. No, Whether it fits in the well, sentence I, or not. Says the Gemara, what is Al-Gab-ish? It's a combination of three words. Al-Gab-ish. So when we look to figure out what's Al-Gabish, we're going to need to put together three words. Stones that fell Al-Gab-ish on top of a person. And when we figure out who Ish is, and we figure out which stones fell on top of him, we can figure out what this nace is. Al-Gabish, Avonim She'omdu Al-Gab-ish, there were stones that stopped that stood, that stood on top of a man, ish, v'yardu al-gabish, and then fell on a man. So when we identify who the ish that the stones stood still for, he has to be referred to as an ish. And when we talk about the stones that fell on a person, he needs to be referred to as an ish. Omdu al gab ish, they stood for a person on top of a person. Zemaisha, this is Moshe Rabbeinu. Does he qualify? Does he qualify for ish? Yes, because the chiv ish Moshe omdu ma'ay. So, simon number one that this can be talking about Moshe is the word ish fits for him because we see measure referred to as an ish in the Torah. Now where did stones stop for Moshe? The viksiv vayachtalu hakoles vahabarad the thunder and the barad stopped umotar loinitach artsa and the rain never reached the ground. So says the Gemara what happened? Which means you could stop something 
if you're the point of origination, but if something already originated and is traveling, you could stop it from coming further, but you can't stop what's in the process already. Right? So for instance, like, you know, if like water's in a hose, you could shut off the spigot, but there's still water in the hose. So when Moshe Rabbeinu davened that the barad should stop, Hashem said, fine, no more barad. But what about the barad that already fell from heaven and didn't hit the ground yet? That was an additional nace. They stopped. So right here we have the first al-gav-ish. We have stones, referring to the barad, that stopped on top of an ish, whose that ish is Moshe. And then the same stones, yordu al-gav-ish, fell on top of an ish, so who's this ish? Ze Yeshua. He's referring to Yeshua. Where is he referred to as ish? Tachsev kachachas Yeshua bin Nun ish asheruach bai. So, okay, good. Yeshua fits the bill. He is referred to as an ish. Vixiv, where did stones fall for him? Vehibin noisim ipnei b'nei Yisrael when they were trying to run away from the Yidden. Hema b'mayred beis chayrin. They were in this, this hill called beis chayrin. And Hashem made fall on them great stones. Ah, so this is the whole story. Al Gav Ish is referring to stones that stopped for a man, Ish, named Moshe, and resumed their flight for a man named Yeshua. So this is a massive nace. I mean, there must be three or four Nisim involved in this story. Number one, that Akash Baruch was able to stop the bard midair for Moshe's tefillah. So that is, that, that's one nice. Number two, they fell for Yeshua, and therefore Klal Yisrael was saved. So that is Avne El Gabish. When you see the stones on top of a man referring to these stories, that is that, is that nice. The other map is just so, yeah, like, I, I don't, someone asked me. Right, you're saying, like, why is this a bigger nace than, like, for instance, Makas Arba? Right, because See, I don't know if that saved all of Klal Yisrael. And again, like, we're, we're talking the other night. It, it, it's a very good question. It's a very good question. Um, the, the Mepharshim speak out, the Grah and others speak out, that the nace that happens has to be entirely divorced from, from normalcy. There can't be any Derech HaTeva involved <coughs> whatsoever. I mean, Dom is just much... Uh... So, so Dom, theoretically, there is... I remember I mean, Bar- seeing... Bar- Bar- is- is, is natural, <laughs> but, but not stopping in midair, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so, so, in other words, in other words, Tzvardeya is a plague of frogs. Now, you know, we haven't experienced a plague of frogs, but Lamaisa, like like cockroaches, if you see one, there's probably ten thousand, right? So, like, it's not divorced entirely from from derchateva. Mashenkin here, I. I'm not happy with my answer for you. I'm not happy with the whole mahalach of answering it. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I'm not happy with, 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 with the answer. But it was like, I think that's the path to go on. There could be no teva. 
And the Mepharshim speak that out. That's a good answer. There's no natural, like he said. I'm listen, I'm, I'm happy. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, tell, me, unnatural. Tell, me, tell me more. There's nothing tell me. unnatural about, you know, frogs. I'm asking, I'm asking. But there's a good difference there. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. It makes yeah. me feel good. It makes me feel so bad. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. Very delicate. The are known for that. Maybe it's something that the, the other people can't do. They weren't the cartoon and were able to replicate. Yeah, so, so then yeah. The, till Arb, till Arb, you know, till, uh, till um, yeah, Shkin. Yeah. They were too small. They couldn't do it. Next. So this is a, this is a famous one. So, so far, the first five, we found Makaris in the Pesukim. Yamsov, Yardain, Nahal Arnain, um, Avne Al-Gabish. We found Makaris in the Pesukim. The next one is, Evan Shabikish Oigmal Habash Al-Lizrak Al-Yisrael, Gemara Gemirila. It's a tradition. I will, you can look throughout Tanakh, you will not find any Pasuk that hints to this. It's a pure Messiah. What is it? What happened was as follows. Omar, Oigim al-Habashan, reasoned as follows. Machni Yisrael Kamahav. How big is the entire Jewish camp? The, how big is the area that all of the Jews are? You know, now we're spread out, so no one could do this. But in the Midbar, we're extremely concentrated. We're all in one place. How big is the entire thing? I could, I could take care of them once and for all. Talasa Parsi. Three square parsois. No problem. I'll get a mountain, the base of which is three square parsois. Igmal Habash was massive. He'll pick up the entire mountain and just drop it on them and take care of the problem. Aimal Fralamo. Kamahava Talasa Parsi. Three square parsois. Also, let me go. The Iakar Tura, I'll pick up a mountain, Bartalosa Parsi, the size of three Parsa, Vijdi Alayo, and I'll throw one on that Vekhnalino, and I'll kill all of them. Also, he went, Alkar Tura, picked up a mountain, Bartalosa Parsi, three Parsa is big. But I sell And as you've seen, like in the pictures, like these Arab Seychim, they, they put, they balance things on their head. They're able, these countries, to hold like huge weights on their head. So Eigmal Habashim put the mountain on his head. Vaisal Reish is bringing it on his head. As he was transporting the mountain on his head, Hashem brought on him Kamtsi grasshoppers. Millions and millions of grasshoppers swarmed the bottom of the mountain, and they were munching and munching and munching. And they bored a hole in the bottom of the mountain from all their munching, vinikbua, and they pierced it. They, they made a hole in it. Now, if you're holding a box on your head and it gets a hole, whoosh, the box is going to slip down onto your head. So the mountain, which was nice, flatly placed on Oyv's head, now at a hole on the bottom, vinachas bitzavare. It fell down onto his neck, onto his shoulders. Okay, not a serious issue. He was going to pick it up, get it off his head, and continue on his thing. Havabayla Mishlefei wanted to lift it off. At that point, HaKadosh Baruch did another nace. Mashchei Shinei, 
he made his teeth grow out. Mashcheshine, he made his teeth grow out. Lahagisu lahagisa, to this side and to that side, like a walrus. He made Eigmel Chabashan's teeth grow extremely long and extremely sharp. And what they did was, and what they did was, they acted as like an anchor into the mountain. That knows they were pushing down. And the more you push up, the more it locked in. You know those things from like um, Ikea? Like when you, the thing on the side of the bookshelf, when you put that in, then you screw that in, like it clicks. And the more you screw it, the tighter it gets. Someone please tell me you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Says the Gemara. We all know. Okay, good question. Um, so, by the way, says the Gemara, this is Pshat and Pasuk and Dilem, the teeth of the Rishayim, you broke, but, don't read it that you broke their teeth, you caused their teeth to extend outwards. So, so you have Eigmal Habashan walking with this mountain. Eigmal Habashan walking with this mountain. You have his teeth locking it in place. So far, you don't have the end of Eigmal Habashan. You just have Eigmal Habashan with a mountain on his head that's locked in place. Moshe Kamahava. How tall was Moshe? Esra Amis. Moshe was 10 Amis tall. We know this because it says Moshe stood up the poles of the Mishkan, and they were 10 Amis tall. So Moshe was 10 Amis tall. Shakil Narga Bar Eser Amin. Moshe Rabbeinu, who was 10 feet tall, took a axe, an, an axe, that was 10 Amis tall. Now he, ha- he could extend to 20 Amis tall. Shavar Eser Amin, like any person who's in decent shape, he was able to jump his height. So Moshe Rabbeinu, his reach extended 30 amas in the air. 10 because of the jump, 10 because of his height, and 10 because of the axe. At that height, he was able to hit Oig in the ankles. Umachia bekarsula, he hit him in the ankles. Now, as you know, something that is top-heavy is prone to flipping much more than something that is centered or bottom heavy. You know, that's why like, uh, tanks are wider than they're tall. And that's also why there's no such thing as a tall running back in the NFL. Because then you get the guy by the ankles and he falls. You need, like, that's why, you know, that guy was 5'8". The, so, the, the, you know what he said. Ray Rams was 5'8". Don't make me funny. Don't make me say his name. He's not easy to quiet. I have so many questions right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Moshe Rabbeinu, because the mountain was on his head, he was mamish, an easy target for falling. So when Moshe Rabbeinu jumped and hit him in the ankles with the axe, it caused him to topple. Now, if a person falls and his head is locked in place and will hit as he hits the ground, that will snap your neck. Which means you do not want to have a frisbee around your neck when you fall. So, so Moshe Rabbeinu killed Oig that way. Seems like a very elaborate. This whole story is. The... Oh, so I wasn't going to say that. No, I was going to. So the Rajba. So this, 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 this is. This is the miracle. Of the, this is fa- the, yeah. 
Oh, I thought. Yeah, the teeth growing on. Oh, well, let's talk. Let's talk. So, 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 yeah. There are ants. Where do you get grasshoppers? I never heard a grasshopper story. Raj besteht Chagoven. He says locust in art school? He says Rashi, and he also says locust. Oh, 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 I didn't get it from the art school. You should just know. I never thought you did. Okay, good. Just want to make sure you know. You're fine. Um, it's like this. What's going on here? Which means the first three or four stories, okay. The Yamso split. That that we talked about in sight. That's a straight up name. So did the Yardi. Esvay Besufa. It's a Pasik. It's that's the story. The the Avnel Gabish, it's two facts. The the, the fact is in is, is in Barad. Pasik says, and and the the stones that fell in midair for Yeshua, it's a fact and a Pasik. This story is like is like a fantastical. So the Rajba, we're not talking about a rabbi in the 50s. The Rajba has a Sefer on Agadita, and he says this is this is an allegory for a whole nother thing. A what? It's an Agadita. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a machlekas generally in Shas. The Marsha tries to learn Agadita as, as Pashat as possible. And the Maral says they're all Mashalim. Rabbi Howard says a joke that, that the Maral could have called the Sefer Chudushi Agad as the moral of the story. That they're all, they're all, um, they're all, they're all Mashalim. So, I don't want to take sides in that, but the Rajma says a pshat in this Gemara, beautiful pshat. The Gemara Nida tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu was scared of Oig, Melchaboshan, and was not scared of Sichai, Melchamari. These are all parshas we're going to get to very soon in Chomish. Why? Why was he scared of Oig and not scared of, and not scared of Sichai? Because Oig had a big schus. Oig delivered the message to Avram Avinu, Vayovei HaPolit, Vayaged Lavram, Polit, he was Polit from the Meimabel. Oig Melech HaBoshan had an interesting past. He wasn't all bad. In fact, he had a close connection to Avram Avinu, and Avram Avinu was Makar Taif to him. So the Gemara Nida says that Oig Melech HaBoshan had connection to the Ovis to the extent that Moshe Rabbeinu himself was scared of Oig Malach Abash. Oig, on the other hand, was a stark anti-Semit. He wanted to kill the Jews. And what Oig was doing over here, says the Rajba, was invoking his connection to the Ovis. We know from many sources, the Ovis are referred to as Hararei Kedem. The Ovis are referred to as Mimegid Givais Oilam. The Ovis are referred to constantly in Chumash. It's not just allegory. In Chumash are referred to as the mountains. Esa Enai Elaharim is Avram Yitzchak and Yankiv. Says the Rajba, when Uyg Melchabashah wanted to pick up a mountain and dump it on the Jews, what Uyg Melchabashah was doing was, I want to take the mountain, the Ovis, away from the Jews 
And when we do not have any more schus we are naked and afraid and cold and we're going to be, we're subject to any, any type of danger. What this Gemara is telling us is that Oigmal Habasha wanted to take away from us the schus What did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought grasshoppers. Grasshoppers have one, maybe it's true with ants also, but grasshoppers have one kayach. They eat a ton. If I'm not mistaken, there's like a child children's book about like, you know, like the little grass, the hungry, the hungry caterpillar. Yeah, sorry. I didn't say Dustin's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> that's because you went to share some place like from the good old little books. I can't say. The, these guys eat a ton. Their kayach is with their mouth. HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered Oigmal HaBashan back. You cannot take away the mountains. You cannot take away the Ovis. You cannot take away the Slis Ovis from Kal Yisrael because they, like the grasshoppers, have Kayach with their mouth. They have Kayach Tfilah. What are we doing when we daven? We're invoking Havul Hashem B'nei Elim. Who are the B'nei Elim? Avram Yitzchik Yaakov established Tfilah, especially Avram Avinu. When we daven with our mouth, we're invoking the Slis Ovis. HaKadosh Baruch Hu ripped up Oigmel Habashan's mountain, i.e., his quest to take away from us Chosavis, HaKadosh Baruch who ripped it up with the Kayach HaTfil, with the Kayach HaPeh, symbolized by grasshoppers who munch all day. And that is how the Rajba learns the give and take over here. That Oigmel Habashan wanted to take away Chosavis, and we can reclaim at any time with the Kayach HaTfilah. And that's how the beautiful Rasha. It sounds like a modern pshat. Does that extend to why the teeth went to the mouth, because also the mouth? Yes. And I was like, and like, I was wondering, that's why, that's why the mountain was three big, because the three of And like, you, you probably could find a hundred layers of symbolism in this, in this Gemara. But does, that's the Rajba's plan of how to deal with this Gemara. Beautiful. Okay, continues the Gemara of Evan Shiyashav Alea Moshe. Dixit, like we know from the Pasik, back to straight Chumash sources. Vide Moshe Kavedim, Moshe's hands were getting heavy. And we know that when Moshe's hands were lifted, Klaistro was victorious. Vayikhu Evan, Vayasimutahta, Vayashav Alea. Vayishtaisha Light. Next, Light's wife. Like it says in the Pasik, his wife looked backwards and she had no right to because when you are no better than the people being killed, you shouldn't, you shouldn't look because you have no schos to be saved. So, but for the grace of God, he saved you, but don't be like gawking. At them, which is, by the way, the Mafarshim say, why on Pesach night, you can't leave your house. You know why? Because you and the Mitzvah are the same. HaKadosh Baruch is going to save you and B'schus Dam Pesach. But don't be staring at them. Stay home. You don't, you're not better. And that's why we open the door by Shvei Chamascha. We're trying to say that when Mashiach will come, we should be deserved of a nace to the level that we could be able to watch it happen and we shouldn't like um, slink and hunker down in our house in shame. So Light's wife was no better than the rest of these guys. 
And therefore, when she looked, v'tihinet siv melech, she turned into a a, um, a a pillar of salt. Now we're going to get back to this in two seconds. The last one is v'chaim yisuricha shenuvla, the walls yisuricha that got swallowed, the siv atipo hachaim atachdel, the wall fell from underneath it, and we'll get back to that in a minute. But the Gemara goes right back to light. Something doesn't fit here. SAT question: Which of the uh, doesn't fit in this paragraph? Something doesn't fit here. It's Chris Yamsuf crossing the Yardane. Each one of them is, is, is a blatant nace. Hatzalas Klaisrol. Light's wife. What is it? I mean, like, unfortunate incident. Are we to feel bad for her? Maybe, perhaps. Are we not to feel bad for her? Maybe, perhaps. But it, even if you want to say it was a monumentous thing, it doesn't fit in the category. It doesn't, it doesn't jive with the rest of them. Bishlema kulo nisi, all nisim. It's it's a trouble. Someone died. Dama barch emes. You should say barch emes. And instead of commiserating. And mourning the fact that a human being died. You're making a party? You're making Shavach Vaidaya? Says Gmar, you're right. It isn't appropriate. It doesn't fit on the list. Tini, instead, change it. Alight Val Ishte Mivarachim Shnaim. Alight and his wife, you should make two brachas. Al Ishtaimer Barak Dynamis. You should say Barak Dynamis. You should say Barak Zechar Satsadikim. So, we have a lot of a lot of things to hack over here. Let's see if we could hop them in and give Yaakov enough time to chazer. Number one, the Gemara says you should make on Light's wife on that pillar of salt. You should make a Dayan Hamas. None less than the Mishnah Brura in the Sharet Sea and asks, "Do you really feel bad when you see Light's pillar of salt?" Dayan Hamas is when a person receives terrible news. The worst news, the worst news. When a person hears the worst news, he makes a dynamis. Because he's moved and he's and he's in a matziv of like, what is Akarish Baruchu doing? And he's literally matzik all of his hadin. Akarish Baruchu is a dynamis. That the geferl chamidas hadin that Akarish Baruchu just meted out, M E T E, meted out is, is, is with justice and justified. Because you're gestert. But Frank Tisharatzian, you really give a hoot when you pass Light's wife? What, how does this affect me to the point I should make a dying Hamas? The Mishnah Brewer is bothered by this. Says the Mishnah Brewer. So if, if the Mishnah Brewer wouldn't have asked it, I would have said, like, oh, so you must not have a Yiddish hearts and you don't feel the right thing. But apparently we do have a Yiddish hearts and we don't feel anything. The Mishnah Brewer asks it. If the Chavetz Chaim, you know, we had a big debate in our house, Shalashudis. My kid said over from Reb Chaim, I think from Reb Chaim, I think, that when Mashiach comes, the Chavetz Chaim is going to be Kain Gadol. So I was like, listen, if Reb Chaim said it, I'm no one to argue. But there were plenty of Chashiva Kehanim before the Chavetz Chaim, like the Shach. Like the Baal Teisvis. 
Better question. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, in the Chami Isbi's four bearers. You know, like, I said, is Pasha to the Chavitz Chayim? Yeah. I'm Tchiyas Amesim. Yeah, he's in my Tchiyas Amesim. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, that was the next debate. But before we got to that debate, like, we were talking about, like, you know, like, I said, really? I mean, like, of all the Kahanim, if you have your choice, you know, nothing, don't even go there. Don't even go there. Oh, where? The, the, the centers, the old days were better than the centers now. But like, the, I know where you're headed with this. The, all, the all-time team. If you could go with the all-time Kehanim, I'm like, I'm no one to put down the Chavetz Chaim, and I'm definitely no one to argue with Reb Chaim. It's interesting, the Shach was also a Kehanim. The Ketzeis was a Kehanim. So the, kids are, the Chavetz Chaim is greater than the Ketzeis. Oh, boom, off to the race. Anyway. That, so that's where it started. So he said, so if he's like a Tana, who, I said, Maybe the Dibbuk would say the Shachs is a Tana. Maybe the Dibbuk would say the Shachs is a Navi. So, so, so do you think top ten at least? Top ten? Yeah, top ten. Yeah, top ten. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He had a chance. He had a So you're saying post Kehanim, like Shimon Atzadik? Yeah, like, I, anyway, so whatever. That has nothing to do with it. Anyway, so like this. So, so yeah, so the Chavetz Chaim asks it. I'm okay with the sentiment. Maskim? So, so the Mishabura answers, the, the Sharetzian answers, that what you're supposed to see from here is the scariness of the Dikta Kadin, which means Lloyd's wife had protects you. Starker protects you. Avram Avinu was saving them. Avram Avinu was saving Light as well. Light himself wasn't Mr. Perfect. He moved to, to Stein for the bad reasons. Like Ursanger told us, Stein is Las Vegas. He, and Bochim, you are not going to Las Vegas to learn Ketzei Sachashen. Remember he used to say, they are not going in Las Vegas to learn Ketzei Sachashen. So, so, the, so Avram Avinu was able to save Light. Avinu wasn't able to save Mrs. Light. When a person sees that the, the level of din and how exacting it is and unyielding it is, that should be scary to any person. Says the Chavetz Chaim, says the Meshavruah, the bar of dynamics you're making upon seeing Light's wife is not the etzim tragedy of Mrs. Light. It's not the etzim tragedy of her turning into a pillar of salt or dying. It's the oimik hadin, miyudukdak. It's the, it's the the severity of din, the unbending, unyielding nature of din that no, nobody can be saved from it. And that's a scary thought. And on that we make Baruch Dayan Ha'emes. It's, it's an under Dayan Emes. Huh? On. Yes, so. Yeah, he was a Raidif. He, he signed away his life. Light's wife wasn't. So in, in two minutes, if I could just say over a beautiful thought from Rav Kook, he asks like this, there's, there's halacha kak about this. It doesn't say there's a separate bracha on Lloyd and his wife. It says, when the Gemara amends it, it says you only make the bracha on Lloyd and his wife. On Lloyd you make Zeicher Satsadikim. On his wife you make Diane Amos. Why? Everyone deals with this. Everyone deals with it in a halachic fashion. Why is it only upon both of them? So if Cook says, because 
the mere fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu removed rishus and removed bad is in and of itself unremarkable. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu destroyed evil would warrant no reaction. What did he replace it with? Oh, at the same time HaKadosh Baruch Hu destroyed evil, he was Zechers HaTzadikim. When evil is supplanted and replaced with good, that's worthy of a bracha. The mere seeing evil being removed and bad being taken out is not cause for any celebration whatsoever unless it's replaced with an upgrade. So says Rav Kook, that's the, that's the dual nature of this bracha. That's why it's two sides of the same coin. You only make this bracha alayt val ishtay. That when you, when you take them together, taken together, the removal of evil and its replacement, its ability to, to make greatness happen, to make tzidkas happen, that is worthy of a bracha. But independent of each other, the, the etzem removing of rishas is not something that is a good thing. So what? So you took care of bad. It's not a good thing. It, it's at best back to neutral. By re- replacing it and recognizing what a Baruch Hu is, is something we make a bracha on. And that's really what we say when we, when we destroy Stoim. Avram Avinu didn't just live on after Stoim. Avram Avinu was the antithesis of Stoim. Avram Avinu replaced Stoim and them not giving salt and not taking care of Archim. Avram Avinu replaced it with the Av Shel Chesed and that's really what we're making the bracha on. Okay. Let's go. You make an